From Connect Booster, I'm Ryan Goodman. Today, I have the distinct pleasure of talking to James Foxall, president and CEO of TigerPod. His company's PSA platform has helped scores of MSPs better manage their businesses over the past couple of decades. In addition to running a successful channel software company, James is also an advocate of the Entrepreneurs Organization, which is a nonprofit that helps business owners achieve their personal and professional goals. Here's what he had to say. Unlike some other peer groups that you might be familiar with, nobody will ever give you advice in an EO forum. I can't give you advice, right? I don't, I don't walk in your shoes, right? And I don't wanna give you advice that you take and it turns to be garbage and you're upset. I don't wanna give you advice and have somebody else give you advice and you're never taking my advice and I feel less, right? It's a gift. That organization, if you join it, it is an absolute gift. Well, James, thank you so much for being on the show, taking time out of your uh, your busy day to hang out with B&G and, and the Connect Booster team here, as well as uh, uh, let us pick your brain about, about business. Uh, Ryan, thank you for having me. Yeah, my days are unbelievably busy. We're rolling on a new growth bonus plan right now where we're giving everybody here basically a piece of the profit going forward. So that means individual meetings with every employee. So it's it's wonderful, but brutal. And I'm really grateful for this time slot to kind of change that routine right now. So thank you. <laughs> well, that's really exciting. And on a side note, here I go going off on a tangent. Uh, you figure that deal out, you and I need to sit down sometime and chat because that that's a big initiative. But I have to imagine it's a huge... Uh, a huge business move for you guys. I will tell you what, it, I think it's a game changer for us. And I got that idea. So back in October, I went to an event in Texas okay. for entrepreneurs organization, which maybe we'll touch on a little bit later. Are, yeah. In a com I saw two common threads come out of these incredible presentations. One was meditation. Um, I noticed a lot of the successful people that incorporated mindfulness meditation in the routine. So I started doing that. The other was giving your employees a piece of the pie. Nice. And it doesn't have to be equity. It could be something different. And so I embarked on, it's been almost a year. I came back in October to work on that. And today at the end of today will be the end of the rollout for all the individual employees, which we've been doing for the last three days. I will wow. share with you my, my dot. I mean, we spent a lot of money to build this thing, but I will share it all with you. Let you take a look at it. And if there's value to you, um, I'll help. Dude, Absolutely. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thanks for the Thanks for the thoughts and, and advice. And I know, um, you know, we're going to be digging into the story behind uh, uh, Tiger Paw today. And also, you had mentioned the work with uh, Entrepreneurs Organization. Uh, before I dive into all of that, I actually sure. want to dig in a, a little bit with you and, and have, you know, our listeners learn a little bit more about you, if you don't mind me taking that direction and Whatever you ask some questions. Do. Just cool. be warned, I'm as likely to go down tangent rabbit holes as you are. So you, awesome. you keep bringing me back. We'll cover whatever you want to cover today. We're going we're gonna to have a blast. Sit Good. back, have a cigar, enjoy the show. <laughs> Love it. Right. Where do you want to start? Here's a big broad topic. How, how did you, you know, get started in this business? You know, IT mm. service providers, management, telco. Um, wow. where, did this all, where did this all begin? So my origin story is kind of is close to the origin story of Tiger Paw. So I'm 51. Yeah today, just turned 51 this summer. I got my start at 15 years old. Oh, wow. So my father had started uh, Tiger Paw, which at the time was called Information Management Consultants okay. in 1984. And I would, he would give me a ride into his one little office. He had one office that he shared an office space with uh, a friend of his 
uh, I think it was Jim Silverman. It was an attorney. He had like one, one office in the corner. My dad rented that. And yeah. I would go in um, after school and I would flop five and a quarter inch diskettes. So essentially I was the automated backup system for my father's business. And that's what I started doing at 15. Oh, that is cool. Um, and as the company grew, um, I grew with it. So um, I was doing documentation writing. Mm-hmm. I've been in sales at the time. I remember sell- selling, I think there were five meg hard drives. That was a, an M, an that meg, was- um, you know, for five grand. It was just crazy, right? But yeah. all new. I remember the birth of the fax machine. And so I was around all of these things. And I was the only person in the building that had a Windows computer in the early 90s, right? Windows 3.1 was out. It was just still starting to get traction. Um, and I was doing the desktop publishing. So I was writing documentation for our DOS products. And yeah. and I was screaming, we need a Windows product. We need a Windows product. But I'm the only one that had Windows. And my father finally got really freaking tired. I don't know if we're allowed to swear or not, but he got really freaking tired. You do you, man. <laughs> yeah, he got fucking tired of me bitching about not having a Windows product. I mean, that's yeah. the emotion behind it. Yeah, yeah. And he walked into my office one day and he had a box of Access 1.1, early version of Microsoft Access. And he slammed it down on my desk. He said, you want a Windows product, you build a Windows product. And so that started I don't know, a year and a half of, of um, 18 hour days. You know, I mean, wow. I did, when I dated my wife, she came and she'd bring food to my office and um, I would eat food with her while it would render, you know, render an image or compile and then I'd go back to work. And, um, and, and I, there was no internet, right? So we had CompuServe. For those of you who've been around like me, you maybe remember CompuServe. I downloaded every code sample I could find off of CompuServe. I bought, literally owned every book written on Microsoft Access. Wow. Um, so it was weird. Later on, I became an author and a speaker, and I got to speak yeah. on, a, on a circuit with a lot of the guys I looked up to, and I wrote books and co-authored with those guys. So, you know, I worked really hard um, to be very good at what I did. It was an exciting time, and we've been talking with some of our developers today. I think why, why we accomplished some really cool things back then is without the internet, we didn't know anything wasn't possible, right? The attitude we had is there is a way to do it. I just right. haven't freaking figured it out yet. Right. And, and that's different from, I think, some of the attitudes we see today. So that was my attitude. And so I ended up becoming a really good developer, getting the eye of Microsoft and, you know, being on their Access Insiders Group, one of the top 35 people in Microsoft Access development community on the planet and writing products and then ended up, you know, moving into managing the development team and building a QA team and managing the training and education and the customer support, basically up to the point where as a VP, I ran everything except for the sales and marketing, which is my father's passion and what he's really, really good at. And then about a decade ago, 10 years ago, he stepped out to retire Mm -hmm. and I took over running the company and spent a number of years trying not to crater it into the ground. And I think I'm finally starting to figure some things out, but you know, um, entrepreneurialism and, and, and the CEO level is a journey. I've realized it's, it's not a destination. You know, um, I used to have the attitude, you know, get my dad out of the way. And let me have this thing and it will go off like a rocket. Well, what I found out is I was in the second spot. He was in the first chair. You know, yeah, and I thought yeah. they were this close. And what I found out when I got into his seat, the gap was a chasm, right? And so that's been my thing. So the last 10 years of, of working on the company, building a culture, um, creating the growth and really exploring um, leadership, culture and entrepreneurialism, right? And a way to be a better leader and to create a better organization. That's been my passion for the last decade. So that's kind of the snapshot. So unlike a lot of CEOs that came in the sales side, 
I'm a tech at heart. Yeah. Right? I was a Microsoft yeah. certified professional. I've written books on Microsoft. So, um, you know, that's one thing I love about the, all the spaces you mentioned, the, the MSP space, the voice space, the office equipment space yeah. is it's all technology. And I love technology and have a background in technology. Well, and that's, it's amazing as I, as I, you know, listen to from 15 to where you are at today, you know, you move from tactical to management to now completely immersed inside of leadership, defining culture, defining vision. Uh, that is a huge gap. You know, what are the, what are the places that you've gone to develop that you know, skill set to make the I'm in the weeds to now, you know, I'm above directing. That's. Yeah, right. Because I mean, you can be you can be a leader and be a poor leader, right? Anybody can be put in a position of management, you know, right. one of one of the greatest failings. I've got a list of failings I can give you on where I've gone. Sideways. We all do. Yeah, I'll do and you know, and I'll be the first to publicly uh, apologize, whether it's to my clients for doing something or it's my employees. So it's a, it, like we said, it's a journey. Yeah, you know, one of the greatest mistakes that I've made though is promoting somebody who's good at doing something into managing others that are, that do that. Right? I, I learned the hard way a couple of times that management is a different skill. Yeah, you know, you do not have to be an exceptional coder to be exceptional at managing coders. Right. But being an exceptional coder does not make you an exceptional manager of coders. And so, you know, moving people into the wrong role, what we call, we're attraction shops. We use right yeah, person, yeah. right seat technology, yep. terminology. So right person is culture fit, right? Do you belong on our bus? Are you the right person right. for us? Second is right seat. Are you in the right role? And so moving somebody to management that isn't, it's not a good fit for them is, is a horrible mistake. And, you know, are, are they are they potentially good at it and you can coach and mentor and help them? Great. But a lot of times it's just management is just not for people. For sure. um, I had some moments early on, you know, a lot of self-doubt of, is this for me? You know, sure. I miss putting on my headphones and drinking my Mountain Dew and writing code. Right. And I had a lot of stumbles. So I got a, a couple of key turning points for me. One is I got hooked up with an organization called ICANN. Uh, it's the Institute for Career Advancement Needs. They're, they're located here in Omaha. Cool. And uh, they're a large nonprofit focused on leadership. And their motto is to understand leadership, you have to understand people. And to understand people, you have to understand yourself. And so I got to take a program called Defining Leadership, which is a three-month program. And okay. it started with self-discovery. And I don't know if you've ever used like a DISC assessment or any personality mm -hmm. assessment, right? We were a DISC shop for a long time, kind of came out of this. Sure. They use a, an assessment tool called Emergenetics. Emergenetics, okay. I always pronounce it wrong. And it's, it's like a DISC. It's a different flavor. But the idea is understanding there are people handle stress in different ways. People communicate in different ways. Yeah. Um, you know, people have different desires and needs. And the, the whole idea with you have to understand yourself first is you, you got to get that. You got to understand how you tick, right? And after you understand how you tick and what makes you tick that way, then you can move into understanding how other people tick. And then how do you work with them? And a great example is my wife, right? When I got into these assessment tools, my wife and I were the, I did, I did it first and then I had my wife do it. Yeah. I did the leadership team and then I rolled it out to the company. What yeah. I found out with my wife is the way she's wired, if, if she's had a rough day, she wants to talk about it, right? Um, I did learn as a secondary note, she doesn't want me to problem solve. No she solving. just wants me to listen, right? <laughs> That's a marital tip right there. And I figured that out. But the thing is, when I have a hard day, the last thing I want to do is talk. 
I need to be left alone. I've got to go disappear in my studio and be left alone. So I wish I would have known this earlier in our marriage, right? Because I can see my wife is frustrated. What do I do? Leave her alone. Right. Exactly the opposite of what she needed for her day. Right. And when I talked to her about this, my wife being smarter than me said, Oh, we know that about you. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, you come home in a grumpy mood. You'd say hi to the kids. You'd go downstairs and the kids would be like, is dad okay? And she's like, just give him a half hour. He'll come up. He'll be fine. And so she kind of figured it out. So, you know, that's a, that's a long way to talk about, but I, I think when we talk about leadership, we got to talk about who we are and, 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 and as people, because yeah. to be a great leader, you got to really work on being a great person, I think. So that was the start of my journey of, Oh, that's why I act that way. Oh, that's why I get mad at this. Or that's why I need this. You know, I had a long-term employee that's still with me, a good friend of mine. He did not take, does not take hard news well right away, right? Like we're letting somebody go. Now you tell him a day ahead of time, let him absorb it. And then the next day he's ready to deal with it. Right. right, I used to think that was a personality flaw. I used to get angry about that. Sure. Learning that, no, that's just, he's wired that way. It's a type. I get it. I can work with it. So that was the start of my, my, my awakening of, wow, leadership is way more than just giving people things to do and beating them with sticks if they don't get it done. Right. So um, really exploring that. I was on the board of that organization for three years. That's how much I loved it. Uh, And got involved in entrepreneurs organization in a forum through there, which is probably my greatest growth. I would tell you the EO made me not just a better leader, they made me a better husband, a better father, and just a better human being. And again, I'll keep coming back to saying, you want to be a great leader, work on being a great person. So that, that's been it. You know, I, I can point to tactical things that have allowed our company to succeed, but I think your question was more about that personal development of how For did sure. I move from a technical person to, to somebody who at least strives to be a really good leader. And, it, and it's been that journey of, of self-discovery and the discovery of others and how then to work within those parameters. And that well, may I be a very long answer to your question. But. No, it was great because um, it's funny. As I have more and more of these conversations, I see uh, a couple of recurring themes um, coming up in questions like this. Uh, number one, um, EOS and, and traction is a recurring mm-hmm. theme. And it seems like companies that are really moving the needle are, are gravitating and grabbing on to, you know, pure play EOS and just how to organize the team, drive accountability, drive growth, you know, hit targets. Number two, you were talking all about empathetic leadership, but I liked your, um, I wouldn't say twist, but the emphasis upon um, internal reflection, you figuring Mm -hmm. out you, which I think drives that empathy on how we're all a little bit different and, and working to see it from the other point of view. And then all of a sudden we end up with the best outcomes because we're, we're listening to understand, not to just reply and, and brute force an idea through. So that's, that's incredibly valuable stuff. And listeners, mm-hmm. listen. <laughs> it, it, hard one lessons. We talk yeah. about empathy. You know, one of the things that I learned through these things, by the way, I also got a therapist a number nice. of years ago. I never had yeah. a therapist. I used to think, oh, that's, you know, that's a fail if I have to get a therapist. And somebody that I really respect, one of the smartest yeah. human beings I know, and I know a lot of smart people, he was like, well, why wouldn't you have a therapist? I was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, Tiger Woods is a golf coach. Yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, he's like, you know, we're, we, there are tool sets and there are approaches to solving problems that we don't inherently know, right? So I get a therapist and I start working through some issues. I'm, I'm learning about myself and others. And when that empathy came in, I think one of the steps that I had in my journey was learning self-forgiveness. 
Mm. Right. I was harder on myself than most, right? Right. Worst and, critic. And when you start to learn, you know, wait a minute, I, I would forgive this if my child did it or my wife. I'd be like, it's not right. a big deal. Okay. But why can't I give forgive myself? And when you start, that's that whole word. It starts with yourself. When you realize, you know what? I have flaws. I get angry at this point, or I do this, or I do that, but that's okay. I'm not a bad person. To me, that helped make that leap to understanding how other people, that empathy you talked about, right? It's like, no, I don't think the way you do, but I can completely appreciate that you think that way right. and, and how you interact. And, and it's just, it's, I love this topic. It's mind expanding to yeah, me. Like yeah, I said, yeah. that's why it's made me better in every area of my life because I can, I relate to people better, I think. Yeah, no, that's that's incredible, super super valuable, and thanks for thanks for letting me walk us down that that trail for a while. I think oh, uh, it's, it's uh, great stuff, and I can't talk about it enough. And and I just I'd encourage everybody to to dig into some of that stuff. There's a lot of gold in there. Great advice. So I'm gonna shift gears because sure. I have seen you on stage at a Tiger Paw conference yep. uh, playing music playing guitar and I, I know you're a musician and so I've been told that playing music can help think through business decisions. Now is that something that uh, uh, works for you? Is this more a uh, uh, you know get business off the plate type of a topic for you? That's a great question. I'd actually tell you some of my biggest business epiphanies actually come in a good hot shower, to be honest. Yeah, right, yeah. Shower <laughs> um, thoughts. Yeah, I take shower uh, thoughts. <laughs> I like to take showers for fun. I like to be warm. So I'll go in cool. there and there they come. Um, I think I'm in that ladder camp when it comes to, to playing music. Yeah. Um, for me, it's more, I'd, I'd equate it more to like meditation. It's an opportunity for my brain to focus on something that is not work or problems, right? Cool. It's not about problem solving. It is just engaging in this thing and this thing only for the moment, which I think though, by, by doing those, just like with meditation, when I return to those problems, I can return to them a little bit more fresh and a little bit more neutral. So yeah, I would say I'm more in that secondary camp where it's, it's an escapism with positive benefits later on. Yeah. So your love of music, becoming a musician, where, where did that stem from? Where did that, where did that come from? I also I'm always loved music as a consumer, right? I my earliest memories, you know, I was like four years old, was listening to a, uh, I think it was a great Truckers album, you know, it was a C.W. McCall stuff on there. Yeah. My first, my first rock album was uh, Kiss's Rock and Roll Over, which my parents got me. And my first concert, my dad took it to me too when I was about seven, was a 1977 original Kiss. Oh wow! And so that that's how far back, you know, I was always that's the guy awesome. that would. For, for, my, for my vinyl, was cleaning it every time before I listened to it, which I still do. I listen to vinyl every day. Yeah. I would demagnetize my tape heads and my tape deck. And I was always that guy, the audiophile. And so I always loved it. And I think I was, um, I was 19. I just graduated from high school. Was listening. I actually think I was listening to a Kiss song at the time. And Ace Frehley's playing. And I was like, man, I wish I could play like that. And I had this epiphany. I'm like, well, I got free time and a credit card. <laughs> you know, nothing, and, and nothing so could happen. <laughs> I think we could figure something out. And so that's when I got my first guitar and got my first lessons and got started cool. on that wonderful rabbit hole of music. And now for me, yeah. it's not just guitar, right? I, I actually have a music studio. It's filled with wonderful gear and I do recording. Oh, cool. and, um, and I just, it's all about creating music and consuming music. Um, I'll listen to six hours. I'll the six hours a day. I'm probably listening to music. I like different awesome. genres. I like to experiment with new things. So that is an absolute love and passion for me is music. 
Um, yeah. I love them. I love emotion. I love, unfortunately, I don't know why I like minor chords. I like down music. I'm big into Floyd, but sure. I like music that makes me feel something. Um, and I just, it amazes me that you can put something over your ears and feel an emotion from the vibrations it gives you, right? That's just so cool to me. That's super cool. That's super cool. And I miss really? concerts. I miss concerts. So yeah. Really I was going to say that's a, that's a big part that has to be, uh, missing right now that I imagine you're excited to get back just that. Yeah, we, we had tickets to see Toad Wet Sprocket in June, oh. which I was excited for because I know one of the guys in the band. Cool. And then we had tickets to see Roger Waters in his latest tour here uh, a few weeks ago that got, but it's postponed. They won't say canceled because they have to Yeah, be they start to try to re-reopen. Re yeah. <laughs> These things will get rescheduled. They will, damn Mark it. Mark our words, man, this is happening. Hey guys, Ryan here for a quick break from our show. We want to thank James Foxall for joining us on today's episode. You can find out more about Tigerpaw on their website, tigerpaw.com. Now this wouldn't be an ad break without running some ads, right? So I'd like to talk to you about our product, Connect Booster. Connect Booster is the premier accounts receivable management and payment automation tool for the channel. When our partners invoice or bill their clients, Connect Booster automates the payment, automates the accounting, and gives 24-7, 365 visibility to end clients to see current invoices, past invoices, auto pay settings, securely store checking and credit card data, and so much more. We all know it's hard enough to get in the door of a prospect. It's hard enough to close the deal. Guys, it shouldn't be hard to accept their money when the sale is made. If your business isn't already one of the thousands that's getting paid faster with Connect Booster, reach out to us at connectbooster.com to learn more about how you can automate your cash flow. Before we get back to the show, we want to let you know all the ways that you can find us online. Visit our website, connectbooster.com slash podcast to listen to new episodes before they air on the podcast network. If you'd rather wait, our episodes are available on iTunes, Spotify, Google, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. So search Connect Booster on your favorite platform, subscribe to get notified when there's a new episode. If you have suggestions for future episodes or you want to be a guest on the podcast, email us at podcast at connectbooster.com or send us a message on Facebook or Twitter and we'll point you in the right direction. Lastly, if you like the show, leave us a review wherever you're listening and tell us why you like it. Thanks for listening to the Confessions of an IT Business Owner. We'll get back to the podcast and talk to you soon. All right, I'm shifting again. I'm All right. shifting again. Everybody buckle up. We're going to uh, uh, VC and and. M&A, there's a lot of uh, opinions about, uh, you know, venture capital coming into right. our, our space. And I'm just really interested on your take on um, how some of this money coming into our space has, uh, has it affected your roadmap? Has it, you know, affected how that you guys are, are, are looking at product and, and, and who you're selling to? Yeah, um, it's, it's kind of weird. I mean, if you remember, was it the Disney movie Up? where the one guy had his the little house and everybody else was high rises. Right. I mean, yep. we're like one of the last independent standing, right. We have no right. private equity, no angel. Yeah. We have no desire to have either. Yeah. Um, I go down to our rec center and we've got, you know, we've done six big conferences, like you said, and yeah. I've got all these banners from our, our conferences. And a lot of people don't understand the sponsors foot the bill. 
the right. big, you know, people might say 600 bucks to come for three days. I'm like, oh my God, if you have any idea how much we're feeding you in an alcohol alone, right? Yeah, exactly. Have sponsors. And so people are asking me after COVID, will you have another event? Well, I go and I look at these banners and I look at all the sponsors we had for all these events. Almost all of them are gone. They've been purchased crazy. and rolled up into these, these, you know, two or three big private equity firms, mm -hmm. right? And it's crazy that one owns, you know, ConnectWise is, you know, uh, RMM as well as um, Continuum. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. So it, it's been bizarre to watch. I think it's it's been good for Tiger Paw, but it's been bad for the industry. I mean, I mean, look, the, the, a private equities model is to acquire somebody to um, cut their talent, right? The expensive, good people that help build it are gone. They're shown the door. I think we just saw one of our one of them just let three or four hundred people go in the last couple months, right? They sure. reduce support. Um, support and the, cu the customer relationships. We had a lot of people coming to us because they said I was with, you know, I, I'm trying not to name competitors, but with competitors, right, right, right. you know, um, C and, and, you know, I had the same rep I dealt with for eight years. Now they assign me somebody new and he doesn't return my calls for two weeks, right. right? They stop innovating because I think they're in, in, when you're in that monopolistic frame, you don't innovate, right? We, for example, we are in a, we're going to release a product next year we've been working on that adds Alexa integration to TigerPaw. Oh, so imagine on the road being able to talk to yeah, your phone, phone and get info about your business. Or how many times have you been in a meeting where, you know, what, what, is, the, what is that number? Well, we'll have to run a report later. Can you imagine having an Alexa device where you can just ask your business questions, right? That's really cool. Um, but the competitors, that's, that's not where they, they get, they don't get their money out of innovation and they don't, you know, and there's nobody there to get the juice out of innovating. And then the final thing they do is they, they raise prices. Right. So, I mean, we've seen this in the office equipment space. It's just the same place. It's, 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 so get rid of the talent, stop innovation, raise prices, because where else are you going to go? And so um, I think it's an unfortunate thing for the industry as a whole, because, you know, people think there's competitors. And if you actually look at the roll-ups, some of the PEs own what appear to be competitors. Right. Right. And competition is good. ConnectWise was a fierce competitor. I mean, they were. Uh, Autotask as well, but not to the level that Arnie was, you know, I mean, that's yeah. why he sold it for 1.4 billion. I right. will also tell you in a way, Arnie may have saved Tiger Paw's life because we had gotten complacent. We've been around a long time and he showed sure. up and started kicking us around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so con con competition forces you to be better. It forces you to be um, fair on your pricing. It forces you to, to continue to innovate your product, right? It can forces you to, to take good care of your clients and without competition, those are the things that disappear. And so I think as a whole, our industry is suffering from the lack of competition and innovation, which those are the things that made it so friggin' awesome. And look at the tool set. I got a chance to talk to business owners in all kinds of spaces. The managed services space in particular, the IT, what used to be the VAR space, yeah. one of the most progressive spaces I've ever seen. The tool sets, the pricing models, how they sell. There's organizations you can join to learn to market. There's organizations right. you can join to learn to sell. I mean, it's it's astounding. It moves at a, it has moved at a at a pace that other other industries just can't even imagine or fathom. Right, the automation, and I just think it's sad because with the competition destroyed, that is dis what made it great and make it accelerate is disappearing, and so we're trying to stay focused on. You know, in some ways, we're very modern, like the Alexa integration. In others, yeah. we're still an old school company. I still have an 800 help desk. It's right here in Nebraska. Yeah. That you, anybody in your company can call. We average about three minute hold time to talk to a human being. Yeah. We got rid of our account executives, um, which were there to help you, but also to upsell. 
right? Sure, sure, sure. We now have customer advocates. Customer advocates get zero compensation for you adding licenses to your product. Their only bit of compensation they get off of a client is a very small hit on your renewal. Cool. And remember, Tiger Paw One now is all of it, everything's included for one price, which is the only, we're the only one that did that. So once you come on board with us, we're going to assign you a human being that has no other interest in making you happy using what you've already paid for so you stay with us. And that's an alignment, right? What that does is it puts that person's alignment with our customer's alignment. Right. And so nobody says to us anymore, you only call us when you want money. But with the private equity side, I mean, we're hearing that all the time. Now that there are conglomerates, if you're owning product A, they're calling you to sell you product B, C, and D all day long because they all own that. So I think there's, we still have a, a fundamental different attitude about innovation and taking care of our clients sure. that I think is now resonating more than ever because of all that private equity role. I was just going to say. we're not for sale today. That's not our, you know, who knows? Someday we will, right? There'll be an exit, but right. we've been doing this 36 years. We're not in a hurry. Well, and I, I, I really appreciate the, the thoughts and opinion uh, on the subject. And it also sounds like it's really helping breeding opportunity for you guys in the approach like, okay, this is happening in the market, but here's how we're going to take a stance. You're, you're using it to your benefit, right? I mean, you're, you're, you're really creating some uh, differentiated ways to deal with your, your partners, your clients, and bring on new clients that maybe people feel like um, is missing the mark in other areas. And you guys are going to be able to step in and, and fill that need. We've recently got a couple of clients that were loyalists to our competitors. And we only got them because of our, the, the roll up and the way that they're now being treated. So sure. yeah, I think, I think that's important though, right? For everybody watching this is, is chaos breeds opportunity. I mean, COVID mm -hmm. is an example, man, you know, technology, we've been lucky. Right. Oh, I mean, right. I've got one friend that what he owns is multi-location, what he says is a multi-location children's fun factory. I mean, it's essentially youth and teenage gymnastics. There's no social distancing for that. Right. Yeah. Um, but you look at the technology space. I got another friend who owns a travel company. Yeah. You can imagine yeah. that's not Brutal. a good spot for him. But you look at the technology and look at all these amazing innovation technology companies that said COVID hmm, work from home. You know, what products and services can we offer? How do we help them provide security for all of this stuff that we would have never, right. never would have allowed before? Well, we don't have a choice now. They're going to be devices everywhere. No, everyone's in, yeah. You know, I know somebody else who owns a, um, uh, basically a, uh, how would you describe it? Water restoration, right? You get flood damage or water damage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. fix it. Well, they pivoted to um, COVID sterilization. Yeah. So if you've had COVID in your building, they can come in through this process and clean. So I think that entrepreneurial spirit, it's not always possible. I don't want to say anybody can do it, but right. looking at those things and saying, you know, what can we do? So I'm a big, I'm going to take you down different rabbit holes, right? Yeah, yeah, let's go. Um, I'm a big believer. What is it? It's E plus R equals O. So event plus response equals the outcome. A lot of people think the event equals the outcome, right? COVID hit, life sucks, we're screwed. Well, but you got a response in there. There's an R in that equation. Right, and right. so, you know, sometimes it's, it's just which side of the shit sandwich are you going to bite into, right? I mean, you don't have necessarily <laughs> some good options, but you have a less worse option. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. You know, looking at all of these situations, always from my response, this is happening. What's my best response? And so, yeah, we've tried to take a look at what's going on with the consolidation, which, by the way, scared the hell out of me at first. Sure. We thought, how are we going to compete with these behaviors sure. that own everything? And, and, but looking at it, well, what is the unique proposition that we bring? 
what makes us special. Let's focus on what makes us special and not focus right. on the things that maybe we're weaker at. Right. No, that's, that's incredible. And I love the, I love the um, point to <laughs> what side of the sandwich are you going to eat, eat first, but at least you get to the thing you can control is your response, right? That's the one thing you can control. And I think that, I mean, that is, that is a really nice tie back to some of the business development personally, I think that you've done as well, the ability to reflect, sit back, you know, yeah, we all have that bit of a panic response sometimes when, when news comes our way, but the ability to just kind of to, to center and then mm -hmm. control the things that we can control. That's and that great advice. That. So uh, a awesome. much shorter, more concise way to say it. I love it. I agree with you. No, that's you're you're, you're hitting on, you're hitting on some just in, incredible things that I think, you know, listeners really need to, um, you know, listen to this a couple of times, probably take some notes and go back and uh, do some study because it, it will, it will make a difference in their business if they, if they take uh, these points seriously. And, and if, uh, and, and if really anybody wants in. more clarification, shoot me an email or find me on LinkedIn. Oh, that's I can awesome. Recommend, I can recommend books and organizations, or if you just want to chat about something that resonates, I tell people I'm, you know, yeah, I'm busy and I run a company, but I care about this stuff and I yeah, like yeah. this stuff. And so if I can provide value, you know, I'm happy to do so. Oh, that's, that's incredible, James. So that's actually a really nice transition into, um, you know, what I'm understanding is one of your big, big passions being involved in the entre entrepreneurs organization. Oh, yeah. Why don't you give us a, you know, a 10,000 foot view of, of what that organization is and, and, and what they do. So the entrepreneurs organization, I'm in my sixth year. It's one definitely okay. something I would go, if I had a time machine, I'd go back and have done earlier. Um, it's a global organization of entrepreneurs and that the primary benchmark to get in the organization is um, you have to be an entrepreneur that has a business that's doing a million or more a year in revenue. Okay. So everybody that you're going to encounter is in that situation. Um, and if you're in that situation, you face a lot of challenges that other people don't, you know, I, I've sure. got friends that don't have businesses but I can't really discuss some of my challenges with those. Right. They just don't get it. Right. right. And, and sometimes the numbers are, are, you know, when you're talking about making payroll, you know, at, at hundreds of thousands of dollars, they just right. can't relate. Yeah. So EO provides an organization where people can relate. And, you know, there's a lot of learning events, uh, both local and regional and global. Like I, I mentioned that our, our growth bonus plan came out of me going down to, to Dallas. Right. And that was an, Boy, that, you want to talk about an impactful, wow, I, there's some things that make me tear up just on some of the speakers, you know, and yeah, we even got yeah. to spend uh, time with George Bush, President no Bush, um, on the, the, the Dallas Cowboys Stadium grass, about 60 of us, and hear him that speak, is wild. you know, and whether or not you like the guy or not, um, to hear somebody, again, tell their story, right? Yeah. And, and that's the big thing of EO. The biggest value I got is you can participate in a forum. A forum is six to, six to eight people. Um, you meet once a month. And, it, and there's a lot of rules around this. I'm going to give you this short version, right? Sure. But forum, forums are an environment where open and honest conversation is required. Mm -hmm. uh, trust and respect is required. 100% confidentiality is required. Yeah, um, yeah. because you, this is where you'll bear your soul. I mean, oh, this yeah. is where, and it's, and we use what we call the Gestalt language. So it's the language of story, right? So unlike some other peer groups that you might be familiar with, nobody will ever give you advice in an EO forum. I can't give you advice, right? I don't, I don't walk in your shoes, right? And I don't want to give you advice that you take and it turns to be garbage and you're mm -hmm. upset. I don't want to give you advice 
and have somebody else give you advice and you're never taking my advice and I feel less, right? So right. what it is, is it's, it's stories. So for example, uh, in a typical meeting, there might be a, a presentation where somebody might want to talk about um, embezzlement in their company, right? Sure. And we spend a lot of time talking about feelings, right? The embezzlement happened, but how do you feel about it? Well, yeah, I feel ashamed. Yeah. I feel guilty that I didn't put this in place to prevent it. I right. feel fear that my customers will leave me if I, if I, if they learn about this, right? right. And so you get an opportunity through a coached opportunity to present and then every one of your forum mates, they have about three to five minutes that they get to share a story back with you. Hmm. So there's no advice, it's story sharing. Oh, Ryan, that's, I, I can relate. There was a, this is what happened to me. Here's how I felt about it. Here's what I did and how it turned out. And then the next person goes down the line. And the basic rule is if you don't have a similar story, you hone in on the feeling. Boy, Ryan, I heard fear and I heard shame. Yeah, I've yeah, got yeah. A, a share on both of those. Which would you like to hear? Right? And it, this may sound weird, but I'll tell you what, when you get seven or, seven or eight people that walk, you know, they're all different kinds of businesses, but they understand the pains you're going through. Different stages of family development and kid development. And you hear these stories and then you're free to take what you want or not take. It's like a Christmas sweater, right? Yeah, yeah. You say, thank you very much. It may go in a closet and you may never wear it. You may put it on on the way home. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You thank them for the gift and you move on. But what I, got, I, I like when I say better husband, better father, better leader, I've got all of that. I mean, I have, I've had moments where I've shared about my family and I've heard shares from other people whose kids were older that I was able to extrapolate from that and go, wow, you know, yeah. what path do I really want to go down? It is, it is the most unbelievable, powerful experience in my entire life. It's that life changing. And some of the things that you get out of that too is, you know, as an entrepreneur, you might think, wow, that guy's really got his shit together, right? Look at that car he drives and the house he lives in and how pretty his wife is. When right. you're in, when you're hearing the true stories behind all that, you realize nobody's got it figured It's out. all real. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've got, I know people, you know, that I've met through EO that have more money than I will ever have in my life, but I wouldn't trade my relationship with my wife for their relationship with their wife. Right. Right. And so you start to, through this, you, for me, at least, it was starting to really define what is success? Because yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was having more. I, was, I thought it was a big exit, right? And I started to realize that, that that's, for some people, that may be success. I'm not saying it's not. It's not yeah. my version. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's what EO has brought. So the, the practical, tactical, here's a session on sales. Here's a session on bonus plans. Yeah. To the mind expanding, how do you operate and, and what do you, how do you see the world? To these forum shares, it's the totality of this thing. It, it's a gift. That organization, if you join it, it is an absolute gift. That's, and I'm on the board for Nebraska. I'm on, this is my second year on the board. Okay. So I'm, I'm very excited to, to give back. And, you know, I probably just made a little commercial here, but I mean, it's. No, I, th I think it's great. It's unbelievable. Well, and I think the, you know, the reality is, you know, this show is listened to by entrepreneurs. And so they're going to be going through a lot of those, you know, uh, uh, it, you've heard the phrase, it's lonely at the top. You know, oh, um, oftentimes be. we get siloed, you know, who are you going to talk to about some of these right. things where people can actually um, understand. And, you know, you're saying you're not getting that direct advice back, but really you're hearing a, a story back that is, directly related to that same type of struggle, emotion, you know, subject line, uh, which sounds uh, uh, really healthy. I mean, it's you know, as humans. Powerful. And one of the things you left the silo. Out, one of the tenets is non-judgment. Yeah. Right? Non-judgment. And it was hard for me at first because we judge everybody and everything by right. our nature. Just, 
but when you're in a confidential environment, 100% confidential, where you know you're not being judged, right? Because what you learn really quickly is it's easy to judge you, but again, I don't live your life. I don't solve the problems you have to solve. So when you have this 100% confidential, non-judgmental environment where you can talk about your feelings and nobody's going to tell you what to do about them and nobody's going to judge you for them, holy crap, that's a magic soup. And like you said, you can't, these are things that you just typically can't just talk to anybody. Even your best friend is just not going to relate or understand to these things. Or you can't talk about them in public because it could put your company at risk, right? For sure. Yeah. So to have this place, this safe zone to do that, oh, you know, and for me, I was excited. I'm a bit of a touchy-feely feelings guy, so it resonated. But sure. I've seen a lot of people that are really skeptical, and then you talk to them two months later, and they're just coming. In. They're just all in. Yeah. So how do you, you know, how do, how do service providers that are listening to this today, you know, where can they go to, to get involved and, and learn more and, and possibly join? That organization. I, I highly, if, if you've got a business that qualifies, I would highly recommend you reach out to your local EO chapter. Okay. If you want to, you know, they can reach out to me and I'll find out who to introduce them to. I'll, I'll do that step. But That's you can awesome. also look on the, you know, the EO Global's website and find your local chapter. Okay. Nobody's cool. going to high pressure you, right? That's the thing. Um, you know, this is one of those things I recommend that you look into, understand the people in EO. We do most of our business uh, North America, very little local, right? So I didn't realize, even though I've been 36 years, I didn't know a lot of local business owners. Right. I've got dozens that are friends. That alone was cool. And it's not about selling them anything. It's again, it's that, that camaraderie. So yeah, that meet, meet those people, learn what it's about. If it's not for you, pass on it. Mm-hmm. But man, I'd highly encourage you at least, you know, give them a call or send them an email and say, hey, tell me what's up with this program because it's amazing. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing. Appreciate that. So I have one question that I love to ask everybody. Um, okay. Again, it's a, it's a gear shift, but reflecting back, you know, you'd said you'd, you'd started 15 years old in, inside yep. of the organization. That's, that's a long time you've been working in, in a professional capacity. Yeah. Um, and this can be business, this can be personal. Um, reflecting back on all that you've accomplished, what, what, would you, what wisdom would you share to your younger self, whether that was in your late teens, early twenties. I have to pick one. I'll, I'll let you go as long as you want. Bro. Okay. <laughs> I got, I've got three, if we want to cross the personal to business. Sure. First one is get therapy. Cool. I carried a lot of baggage and a lot of anger. It was really in, in, this isn't the place to talk about it. My forum is, um, yeah. you know, but um, learning, learning why I felt the way I did, you know, yeah. learning, learning about where I struggled with my self-worth and image, learning to deal with my perceptions of how people saw me versus how I saw myself. Sure. I would have said therapy. Number one thing I would, I should have done. I, I shouldn't say should, right. We're on a journey. I, I can't, can't right. take back the steps I made, but if I were to go back to my younger person self, I'd say you go find yourself a good therapist, That's spend awesome. some time with them and everything in your life will get better. That would be That's my cool. Um, second would be, um, there's two from a business perspective. One would be joining EO earlier. Yep. Yep. Qualifying. And the other, without a doubt, as you mentioned, would be implementing traction. And that's the big one. If I could go back when I took over, I talked about that gap between the first and second seat, man, if I could have rolled out traction from day one, it would have been a whole different experience. I love the, uh, I love the way that you're tying it back to the journey though. It's, it's so easy to look back on that hindsight 2020, but boy, I'll tell you what, from everything we've talked about today, you guys have some uh, uh, exciting 
exciting years ahead, man. I think we do. And uh, with the growth bonus plan, everybody's excited. So Heck yeah. yeah. Uh, Some people think, well, they're, they're a dinosaur. They've been around, you know, but no, no, we've, we're constantly evolving. That's why we're still around. That's so, awesome. you know, if we have anything that might be a value to you, check us out. You might be surprised because we're, we're not going anywhere. James, thanks again for your time, man. This was, this was so great. I've got notes all over my sheet. Again, I, I, I'm so selfish. I learn <laughs> so much when I, when I do these interviews and, and you taking out the time uh, inside of your busy schedule cer- certainly means a lot to me. And I know it means a lot to our listeners. So thank well, you, you give me a chance for that to time. Talk about stuff that is important to me and I love. So thank you. I'm the, I'm oh, the one that's got the gratitude. If you got value out of it, even better. But thank you for having me. Much appreciated. Appreciate it, brother. You you take care and looking forward to the next time we get to see each other in person, my friend. Uh, you and me both. Yes. <laughs>